Welcome everyone to Make Your Show Story Evolution. We're so glad to have writer Holly Harms with us. She has written a piece called Make John Patrick Shanley Go Home. And we're going to read an excerpt of it. But before we begin, Holly, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the piece and what inspired you to write it? Um, sure. Um, actually, I was a Dramatist Guild fellow, and Shanley was one of the people who came to talk to us about playwriting. Um, he was eating an endless bag of nuts. He was very intimidating. Uh, after he spoke, then we were going to read a piece. We were actually reading one of my pieces. And in the bathroom of the girl's room, I said, you know, I wish he would go home and not stay for the reading of my piece. And they said, who? And I said, Shanley. You know, someone just make John Patrick Shanley go home. And somebody said to me, that is a great title for a play. Wow. A year later, I wrote the play. So, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So um, so it, uh, we're going to talk more about um, the length of the play and what what you've done with it so far. But um, for, um, for now, I would I'd just like to have um, the wonderful actors who've uh, taken their time to share with, with us today just introduce themselves. I'm Abigail Gampel. Hello. Hi, I'm Kim Reed. I'm reading Marie. And I'm Alana Gabrielle, and I'm reading Izzy. <laughs> Welcome, all of you. Thank you. And without further ado, Holly, can you set it up for us? And after you do, we're just going to uh, we're going to go on mute and you guys can go right ahead. Um, yes. So it's three sisters meeting at a restaurant in New York City. And the minute they get there, the youngest of them goes to the restroom. As she comes out of the restroom, she sees John Patrick Shanley at the bar and decides it is time for them to immediately leave. So now she's explaining to her sisters why they need to go. Go, 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 go. He was one of the speakers at the writing thing I went to and I had my play read there and he heard it and later he said it was more poetry than theater. And then he ate his nuts. His nuts? He had this bag of nuts he kept eating. He'd make a comment and eat his nuts and make another comment and eat more nuts. It was this endless bag of nuts. You're saying he was picking on you. Yeah. He was being a bully. Kind of. <laughs> do you want me to yell, bully? What? No, no I couldn't do that. I could stand up and yell, bully. You yell, bully? In the playground? When I see a bully, I yell, bully. And I point. And it usually makes them leave. The well, bully. I, should, I should think so. I'm good at spotting bullies. Well, you gotta be. Oh, someone has got to take care of the children. Of our children. And bullies are like sharks. They don't like being spotted. Because if they're spotted, they can't attack. Right. Oh, my God. Look, when little Joey and I go to the park, the Bank Street Park, it's on a peninsula. You've got cars and kids all right there, charging, honking, screaming, yelling. It's fucking chaos. So you have to keep your eyes open. You have to have a wide peripheral range. So I'm always the first to spot the bully. And, and when I see him, I yell, bully, no, 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 no. Just like that. And I point my finger. And, and today, this kid, I mean, he starts crying. Total ploy for sympathy. I was not affected by it at all. I've seen it before. But some of the parents, well, one of them yells at me. Some father yelling, you're the adult. I hate that. 
You're the adult, so what? So big fucking what? And the ones yelling, you're the adult, are usually jumping up and down and turning red. And I want to say, do you think that behavior is adult-like? I don't. Because you're bigger than that. That's right. Can we please go before he recognizes me? Oh, honey, it couldn't have been that bad. He told me the hand in my play should have been severed. Uh Uh-huh. I said, that sounds like something from a John Patrick Shanley play. And he Mm -hmm. said, I've never written anything like. And I said, oh, Moonstruck? And he said, oh, that. So then I said, do you have a thing against hands? And he just stared. And he is nuts. Oh, I see. Which one is he? The one at the end. Could you be more discreet? Oh, God. (laughs) He's like sex on a stick. Oh, he is. He is. He is like sex on a stick. He is not like sex on a stick. I may be married, but I am not dead. And that is sex on a stick. You know... Let's, let's just forget about him and have dinner. He probably doesn't even remember you. On the elevator, I tried to get the doors to close before he could get on, but he stuck his hand in the doors and they opened and then he got on and he held up his hand and he said, huh, not severed. And then he said, didn't you hear me call hold the door? And I said, I don't hear well in elevators. What? What does that mean? I've never heard of such a thing. That's because there is no such thing. It was just something I said and he knew it. Oh, yeah, he might remember you. After that, he didn't say anything else. He just ate his nuts. Well, that's good, right? I wanted him to say, maybe say, you know, you're an okay writer. You have potential. You don't suck. But no, nothing. You have got to stop being like this. I mean, who cares what he thinks? Who cares what anyone thinks? He's just some guy, some writer, sex on a stick guy. I mean, and there are tons of those. I mean, this is New York for God's sakes. Absolutely. Oh, you know, you have got to stomp your feet. You've got to put them down and say, I am here. I do not care what anyone thinks. Yeah. Stomp them. Stomp them. Stomp. 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 You gotta make some noise. Noise. Like us. Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's us. We're identical. (laughs) Right down to our choice in underwear. Oh, God. Oh, it's true. So true. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, it's twin talk. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. Twin talk. You're not twins. Huh. We're Irish twins. Then you would have had to have been born in the same year. <sighs> Close enough. You're three years apart. Who's counting? Yeah. Who's counting? For the love of God, can we go? Ah. <sighs>
<laughs> hey, we're all back. Fantastic. That was so much fun. Thank you, everybody. That was so much fun. Thank you, ladies. Literally so, in time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so why don't we just start out with asking Holly, how uh, did that feel, Holly, hearing that red? Oh, it felt fantastic. It felt fantastic. I, I mean, I have to say I love this piece. Um, I really do. And it's so much fun to listen to. It's so much fun for actors to do um, that. It's, it's always fun to hear it. And, and the relationship between the three sisters and the whole stomping, um, I just think is, I loved it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> have you had it read before? And it, two oh, questions. I've had this, this. And is it a no, full length play? Or, or, it's a one act. It's about a 15 minute one act and it's been produced. Actually, the first time it was done, Ilana played Izzy in it at a restaurant in um, Long Island City. And oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's since been, it's uh, Smith & Krauss, the 50 best play, 50 best one acts. It's in that uh, compilation. And um, it was just done in, it was in Los Angeles a couple of years ago and Kim Reed went to go see it at a high school that did it there. Oh my gosh, so, how yeah. fun. It's, it's had a history yeah. for sure. That's great. Is it something, is it a story that you ever thought of making longer into a full length or uh, might it have legs beyond the, the 15 minutes? It might have legs beyond the 15 minutes, but I haven't really thought of it. I have actually thought of it as a short film. Um, Though it's, it, though it's, you know, different than most, it, it's very talky. Um, and, but it's one location, a restaurant. Um, so I have thought of it like that and not a full length. I, I like, I, I think this is exactly how long it should be for these sisters. They might have another story with them, I think, but it's not this story. Sure. Well, I mean, obviously yeah. uh, it's intended to be a little bit longer and that's certainly the feeling I got reading it and then, and then having it read like this, uh, uh, you just want more of of this of these characters and their relationship. Um, can we just ask the actors to kind of tell us how it felt to read Alana? You obviously already have experience with with this role in this in this piece, but how did it feel today reading? It was really fun. I actually uh, I reread the the full play this morning and kind of flashed back to where I was in my life at that moment compared to now because it was a few years ago now and in a very in a totally different phase of life. And I think I was more like Izzy then than I am now. So it was kind of fun to like step backwards in time into like her and who I was at that time. Um, and like some themes that come up about like not being enough and stuff that um, are things I've worked on in my own life. So it was, it was kind of a cool full circle moment for me. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, funny to have that relationship with it and yeah, to be able to look back on your own, how, how your relationship with it has changed. Uh, Kim, how did it feel for you reading today? Oh, it's a blast. I, I love Holly's writing. I've loved like everything she's written. And it just it there's something that she just captures an individuality in the characters. And yet still there's a, there's a camaraderie that happens. I'm very close to my sisters, so I kind of related to this piece. And, you know, you get very protective of your siblings. Um, so it was just, it, that was easy to relate to. I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but I'm, you know, I'm very protective of my sisters. And 
I want to tell them to stomp, just stomp, 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 <laughs> say that you're here. And I just love that whole image. And even like the little quick image of the, sh you know, the shark being spotted, they can't attack, which I just, I mean, these little, she peppers in like these really fun facts and nuances that you can just, it's easy to, to create images and attach on to, um, to whatever she's written. So it was yeah. last. Marie and Regina are such fun characters. I mean, they kind of just, I had this image just now of, uh, I don't know if it was a Muppet character or a Sesame Street character, but there was one character that was, you know, two heads on one body. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail, today. I mean, this read that we just did was so fun. Yeah. It just felt like, and it's interesting in five pages, because Regina, I mean, my behavior as Regina is a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit non-introspective uh, in a way. <laughs> just me, not, not, but I love how quickly then there's, there's forgiveness. There's um, a kind of, you know, stomping and there's also a kind of deep sweetness within five pages. So you see the humanity. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, to spend more time and really be able to, get to the subtleties would be super fun. You mm -hmm. know, there's so much. I personally love the idea that I go to the park, the Bank Street Park, and I can just see Holly on Bank Street where Hudson meets Bleecker, and yet, and yet I'm supposed to be in the midst of Long Island. And I just love that, that, you know, that kind of specification that then becomes this other thing entirely. So, um, yeah, it was, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, it's kind of uh, combination of, of the, those real specific details, but in a kind of fantastical uh, mixing and melding. And you don't, what do you mean they're twins? What are we talking about here? They're not twins. Uh, so I like that kind of fun. It keeps you a little off balance. Uh, and we're obviously going to talk about how we could take this piece and, and, and translate it into something that would be uh, for on camera. And Holly, it sounds like you've already really done some thinking about that. Not a lot, actually, not a lot. I, I had thought about it when we originally did it and just thought, hmm, I wonder how, how to do this because it is talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Um, and, and it would be a short film and short films, you know, tend to not be so much dialogue. Um, so how exactly to do it? We'd have to stretch it out, I think, a bit, um, you know, for us to see each, each um, one of them getting ready, going down, making their way to to the restaurant, the two, the twins, you know, oh, 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 we're in the same outfit. Look at us. Oh my God, we're so cute. Um, you know, <laughs> and Izzy, Izzy who has, has also had a problem with her boyfriend. So she's had her sisters come and meet her because she's mm -hmm. already in a horrible place. Mm -hmm. Then there's Shanley at the bar. It's just like, it's, it's not her day. It's not her night at all. Well, during um, the monologue of the, the bully monologue, I was thinking, well, that um, it's a perfect opportunity to like actually show it. And then the instance with her, with meeting John Patrick Shanley, and then this brings up the, the topic of it. Could you ever get John Patrick Shanley to be in your film? Um, to actually show that instance of her meeting him and then the, the elevator. And so whether, and some of it could be done in my mind, I was thinking, oh, maybe she's telling, she's, it's in voiceover, but we're like seeing this thing happen. Um, and she interjects uh, the actual yeah. dialogue that she said to him. 
And um, then I thought, well, if they could get John Patrick Shelley, that'd be incredible. Um, but if not, how do you, how might you shoot it? Uh, well, when we did it, when we did it, the play at Eat at Eating series um, with Alana, we actually had an actor who, from the back, was the same was the same height and hair of, of Shanley. So he kept his back to the audience the whole time, and and just looked at her very brief from the side. Really, no one saw him. Um, so that's all you. It's all you did see. So you could do it. That I know Shanley does know about this. I don't know if he's ever read it, but I know that um, someone who knows him said, oh, yeah, no, he knows about this. Like, wow. Oh. That's exciting. That's very so, Yeah, and he, he if, might show. I mean, he's the kind of guy, he might be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Right, <laughs> I like that not? idea of actually, of, I like the idea of the voiceover a lot. And we see her even mouthing, saying it as she's mouthing it. That, oh, I would love that. Are, are there yeah. other... Are there other monologues? I love your monologues, first of all. But are there are there other monologues you've written for the other um, women in the in the piece? Well, there's there is the um, there's another monologue that Alana has about um, her her boyfriend. They um, they were in the bed. They had sex. The sisters, the twins, are like, "Do you mean sex?" Like, oh God, yes, sex. But there's a dead bird under the bed, and Alana's character realizes that the window was open. And they never open the window, and she finds out that the boyfriend had someone there bef- while she was away. Oh, wow. And well, that so all the next sounds morning, very visual. Yeah. Yeah, so the next morning, he, she, he sleeps on the couch, and when she wakes up, he's gone. So this is the morning uh, that he's gone. And a dead bird under the... more to this story than, than what this excerpt has <laughs> is, is obviously given us, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, very rich. Holly Harms is very rich in her writing. <laughs> and Kim's character really has, um, she's all about, you know, the stomping. It becomes very important to her to, to teach her sister how to stomp, that you need this. It's an important thing to put your foot down and stomp. Well, if we just took yeah. what we have, the pages that we just read, obviously it sounds like there's a lot of possibilities and, and, and interesting things we could do with the other material that we, with, that we didn't hear today. But just using the pages that we heard today, uh, you know, again, the, the main challenge being taking something that's written for the stage and adapting it uh, is how do we make it visual? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there are a lot of choices, too. If, if you're going to try to produce something yourself, um, you know, do we have a restaurant? Uh, do you know someone that has access to a restaurant where you could film? Um, if so, is it going to be something that works for this piece? Is it going to actually maybe require you or not require, but, but prompt you to change something about your piece based on the location you can get. Um, that's something that, you know, we, we talk a lot about when we're, when we're working with people that want to adapt something uh, or even just to create something from scratch, starting with the assets that you have available to you. You know, Jason's idea of taking some of the things that these characters are talking about and showing them on screen, I think is, is a great place to start. But then the other thing that I think, again, only having these few pages uh, and not be, knowing where your story really goes, you know, it's kind of a convention of a, of a short film to have a beginning, a middle and an end. But the end is a is a twist. It's kind of like a like a joke. It's like a setup, you know, punchline kind of format. We don't know, obviously, not having seen the rest of the piece, if, if your whole piece has that in it. I had an it idea. Does. It just kind of popped into my head again. No, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. And, and maybe you already thought of this and it's, it's in your piece, but what if it's not actually John Patrick Shanley in the bar? Oh, 
I was just saying it would be funny, I thought, if after all this angst and the fighting, you <laughs> learn so much about <laughs> it, you know, these sisters and their relationship and, you know, huh. uh, Izzy's reliving this traumatic experience that was, you know, really making her question her, her identity and her, you know, self-esteem and yeah. it was out. It was all for, all for not. It was that actually could work because at the very end, um, Abigail's character does, Izzy goes up to him and says, you know, Mr. Stanley, do you remember me? And he puts his hand up is all that we see him do. So this, this person puts their hand up yeah. and then she takes his, his drink and splashes it in his face and starts to run out as the sisters are all grabbing their stuff laughing. And Abigail runs out, comes back in and yells bully and then runs back out. Yeah. Um, and they're laughing hysterically. <laughs> oh, but wow. he, he doesn't have to put his hand up. He could just look at her and her sure. just decide to splash it in the face. And it, there could be, yeah, someone going, what the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get one more laugh out of it. <laughs> <laughs> someone going, what happened to you? Harold, why did they throw that at you? I don't know. <laughs> Damn, like, you know, we, we were talking before. <laughs> About, um, you know, and Holly, you were saying, and uh, um, uh, my writing too tends to be talking because um, we like to write for actors. And people are always saying in film or on camera stories, like, wow, there's just, there's just too much dialogue in it. There's too much talking. And I'm really not of a school of that. I, I think that it can, I think it can fuel the fire of, of, great, um, of great films um, because of the actors you get to be in it. And um, it's been a challenge with the stuff that I write too, that I'm trying to like interject different visuals in it, even if someone's in a voiceover or still talking or, or is it a different shot? Is there a different lens? Is there something we can do to uh, maybe make it a more palatable uh, visual experience for people while we have lots of dialogue? Um, and, and I would suggest keeping it, keep keeping it. I mean, cause you can always shoot it. And then um, if, if it seems like it's too talky, it can be trimmed or, or you can, when you have that footage, you can do something creative with it in order to keep the pace going. Um, but um, I like encouraging people who write to write, write it, right. write, yeah. write the yeah. dialogue, because I know yeah. you probably as actors love saying it. And then once once you piece it together, it becomes its own character, just the the, the verbiage and the music of, of how people talk. I have thought of, yeah, exactly that. I'm thinking, as you were saying, and thinking of like Goodfellas. I mean, Goodfellas is a lot of talking, um, but it has an amazing, it's, it's, it's the restaurant. I mean, that would be the most important, really where they're at, who the crowd is around them, and then the shots that we're doing, and if there's music in there and how that plays out. Um, I think it, because, yeah, I, I, I think the dialogue, I mean, it, it's 15 minutes, the whole thing. It isn't. It's trimmed down completely. Um, to, so, right. yeah, I agree with you. You're thinking of Goodfellas going, Goodfellas is a jacka-packa-packa. Yeah, and yeah. if you're talking about producing something <laughs> like this, that if you if you really just stick to maybe you have like three locations and one's the restaurant, one is Izzy's apartment, and one is um, hopefully the park where she has that, where um, Abigail's character has a brilliant, um, the bully monologue. Um, I mean, I think that that's a lot of variation. And if, if you are keeping it to like uh, just three locations, then maybe you're spending your money on like the dolly that's around the, the table. So that um, that gives us some movement 
and makes because yeah. they yeah. do that. They did that all through Goodfellas, didn't they? There's there's yeah. dollies everywhere, yeah. and yeah. he's got voiceover on top of it all. Yeah. Can so, I interject I, something? Yes, please. Because I'm just you know thinking about these characters and how rich they are and their vulnerability. Izzy having just been in the bathroom, kind of trying to hold herself together. There's, you know, or the idea of stomping the feet under the table, the shoes, the, the dressing for these sisters is so important. There's so much um, of their, um, you know, ability to face the world in those things. And the idea that Izzy, you know, that, that Shanley even says it's your, po- your play is more a poem. So the, this, I'm just, this is just listening to everything that's happening. But within that worldscape and of this very female Izzy, right and her point of view how would she make this a film like what are the elements of the feet or the um closenesses of the sisters through the years those little tiny things that can be so Mm -hmm. you know they can just sort of boom come in like a prism light Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. but i just it just feels like there's something of that in this holly that could be quite Mm -hmm. simply filmed but really become a layered rich tapestry of these women's existences. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love the idea. Of, I love the idea of, of even even we just see them walking in, and we see the shoes and the feet, yeah. and we get yeah. an idea by shoes. We see two pairs of shoes that are a little the same kind of, and then a whole different thing with them, and and just that in and of itself gives us uh, uh, this detail of these characters. I love that. Yeah, yeah little things yeah. like that. And you definitely see insert yeah. of the feet under the table stomping, you know, mm-hmm. singularly <laughs> and oh, yeah. together. And, you know, you definitely see that that insert happening. And even uh, as kids, right? Yeah, of course. Like with all good writing, there's movement in this in the story as it is. So I, I think that the key is just finding that creative way to make that movement shown mm-hmm. in a different way than just the, just a stage bound version of it. I just, I having done it in the kind of immersive in a restaurant with the guy at the bar going to the bathroom, coming back and everything, it worked so well in that space um, that I feel like it would translate really beautifully to film because it would be as if you had been dropped into the immersive version <laughs> of the play. That, that's so when we originally did it, it wasn't a restaurant. People were eating. They were you 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 bought your meal and you had a show. So people were actually sitting around. The actors had one table sitting in the middle. Everyone faced them, and they moved around the audience. Um, not too much for this one, but she does run away and they do splash water and a couple of audience members. So it was we were in a restaurant and people were being served um, their meals by a real waitress. So it was it was really amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, so that restaurant closed. We know it can work. And unfortunately, the restaurant closed, and this was prior to uh, all that's been going on, um, which is why the whole series of, of shows going on there didn't have stopped happening. But yeah, it, it could easily work. And it really is. Um, but again, the restaurant that we were doing it at was the perfect restaurant for it. And the, the, the feel of it, the look of it, the food, everything, just the plates, you know, just all those little details. Yeah. I did a film, a short film that I that I wrote that that's not very talky that we did up in the Phoenician diner uh, up in um, Phoenicia, New York, and we wooed him for about a year. We would drive up once a week, <laughs> literally once a week, and go in have have a breakfast because um, I had to be back in time to pick up my daughter who was little then, and he literally was like, "You guys are serious?" I'm like, 
yeah, we're totally serious. Sure. You know, what can you give us? How much do you want? And in the end, he gave us five days for free. Wow. wow. That's brilliant, first so, of all. Yeah, so, so, so being, so, you know, being not, um, not pushy, I don't want to say, but persistent. Um, persistent we created a really relationship bad. with him. We did create a relationship and he was, it's just, he, he's also in the business. So he, he knew, you know, he, he was great. He was really, really terrific. And I think because he allowed us to have that whole diner, we redid the whole place. It, it was such, it was such an easy shoot. Um, we had it for five days. We did the shoot in four. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And a great tip for producers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you gals need to take a road trip to Phoenicia. <laughs> Unfortunately, the diner is not the right spot. But I, but I've been saying to David, we do know some people up in Maine who have a, who have a restaurant, and I'm like, that restaurant would work. Perfect. I love Maine. Yeah. Um, hello, Maine. Hello. And Maine is not the spot. <laughs> uh, but but again, it really was finding that place because everything's set in the diner it's finding the right place and we traveled for the whole thing took us almost two years to get the whole thing set up because we were just going from diner to diner all in Pennsylvania um in New York and then we started driving upstate New York saw this one yeah did you do that with your director Holly all that yeah yeah Abigail and I both went um Abigail Zeely Best and I traveled there yeah we did it I'd pick her up from her apartment, drive up, say hi to Mike, hi to everybody, have a little fun, <laughs> and then and say, we're serious, Mike, we're not joking. Turn around and come back. Well, we're good. Well, did you complete the film? You made the film? Oh, the film's been completed. It's been in 32 film festivals. It's won 19 awards. Wow, wow that's incredible. It's awesome. It's and a I will oh, say this for, for I will say this quickly for, for people who are looking to do it. It took us almost six years after we filmed it. The CGI, the music, we, we were just looking for the right people, didn't have a lot of money to spend. And it finally all came together last year. And we started sending it out to festivals. Um, and it just took off. But it really is, you know, it, it takes time. These things take time. It's not a one, two, three. Labors of yeah. love really are, yes. And so love, is, it yeah. something we, is it something we can share with our audience that they can watch? Um, the, well, if we don't. It's because it's still going to festivals. They can't watch it. They can watch the, um, the trailer. The trailer? It's, uh, the name of it, the trailer, is, which is on its website, Icarus Stops for Breakfast. Great. Okay, great. And you can follow it on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well oh, yes. and Twitter. And Twitter. Don't forget those social right. media. We're going to share that information and information about our excellent actors who came to help us today for this very constructive conversation. We're hoping it inspires and educates people, especially during this time, to keep their uh, nose to the grindstone and keep making things. Yep. Yes. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, my actresses. I love you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. This was excellent. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Be Take well. Care.